Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power Calls, welcome. This is Susan Shereka. Our guest today is Alan Hall, who is author of the book, The Naked Queen, A Tangential Arthurian Legend. Now, Alan's a 35-year veteran of the Triangle Theater in Chapel Hill in North Carolina, and he's a theater critic, and this is his first book. So let's find out more about his fascination with Arthurian legends. Please wave your hands to welcome Alan Hall. Hi, Alan. Welcome. How are you today? I am just great. It's it's one of those days when the clouds are coming in and we're trying to figure out is it gonna rain? <laughs> how about how are you? I'm doing great. All ready for the holidays? As ready as I will ever be. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a familiar you know, refrain at this time of year. <laughs> so uh is it true that when you started your book, it was only going to be a short story? Yes, that's true. It started out as a short story about a uh, a seance. About a seance. Right. Wow. It was. It was supposed to be a. Uh, I'm sorry. The word has just escaped me. The when. I'm sorry. That's okay. You 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 say it was it was supposed to be about a séance is what you were you were saying. Uh, um, well, uh, the séance is not the word I'm trying to. to ah, to okay, get. that's the one you need to not have. Okay, right. It's it's. Okay. Uh, uh, this is ridiculous. The word is just lost. It's lost. <laughs> then that's okay. We by the way, this is this is recorded, but it is not live, so we can go in and edit out what doesn't work. So All right, don't good. Don't be fretful about that. We'll just know that we have to do that. So you were going to make it a short story, but I gather the project took on a life of its own and, it, it and did. went a totally it's, different uh, direction. It, it started adding characters and dialogue and aspects that I had not yet examined, and it just grew and grew and grew. And by the time I'd gotten everything built into it that I needed to explain what I was trying to do, I had increased the size of the thing to a novel length. My goodness. It was was just more than than I had ever intended. (laughs) Right. Well, the subtitle is A a Tangential Arthurian Legend. when you know that's a that's an interesting phraseology. When did you first become interested in the Arthurian legends? I have been interested in the Arthurian legends since a very small age. Um, I think I started reading about Arthur and his knights at about age eight. So it's been a sort wow. of a lifelong uh, fascination. Well, what was it that fascinated you so much? The era, 
um, chivalry and um, quests and the uh, the aspect of just uh, being in that time period and in that uh, aspect of of life that that. I'm sorry, I can't manage to get my thoughts together today. <laughs> this morning, well, I know that, I mean, when I think of all this chivalry stuff, I think of the Renaissance Fair. Did you participate in those kind of activities? No, I no? I went to one or two Renaissance Fairs and was just uh, bowled over and and uh, wanted to to see the the uh sword play and the um the I am not being very helpful today. <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be a little gap there going on. <laughs> I know you know those senior moments when you just lose your train of thought and you just See it, senior moments. I've, Seem to get longer and longer as I get older and older. (laughs) I find, I really do find that it's it's so. There'll be a word that I know what I want, but for the life of me, I can't pull it out. And so I start describing it. I start doing dances around it until it either comes in or somebody else figures out what I'm trying to say. (laughs) 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 Which is. A little bit awkward sometimes, but you know we get through it. <laughs> you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to go back and start us um, from from the point when I asked the first question because we were fine through the you know the welcome. Um, so that uh, I, we'll go, we'll give it a second whirl because you've had it. Have you figured out what word it was you were th- were missing? I'm I'm still dancing around it. You're still dancing around it, okay? Um, uh, this is this is a particular aspect of knighthood of that era when when they are attempting to free an individual of a demon. Oh, okay, okay. Um, hmm. What word is it? Um, exorcism. There you go. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Okay. An exorcism. The story okay, so was were... about an exorcism. Okay. Let me let's go back to that and we'll pick it up and we'll start through it. And what was the other thing? Um you were really fond of the you wanted to stay at the Renaissance Fair to see the jousting and and the, the uh Are you typing? Am I doing what? Typing? I hear the click, 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 no, click, click, click. No. Oh, interesting. Nope, I don't not know me. what that is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's go back. So, Alan, is it true that when you started this project, it was only going to be a short story? Yes, that's correct. It was going to be a short story about an exorcism, about freeing the king from a demon. But the aspects of getting to that point just took on a life of its own and 
by the time I got through explaining everything I was trying to do, I had increased the length to short for, from short story length to novel length. Oh goodness, that's a lot more work than you planned. <laughs> a lot more work. <laughs> I gather, I gather you have been interested in Arthurian legends for quite some time. Since childhood, um, I started reading about Arthurian legends at about age eight, and uh, my fascination just grew. And I wanted to learn everything that I could about the era and the uh, aspect of. Uh, dealing with sword play and uh, chivalry and the aspect of being uh, a knight and having um, uh, one's connection with a lady being of a chivalric, if that's a word. Well, that's. I mean, that's, uh, did you did you participate in things like the Renaissance Fair that helped feed that? I I went to a couple of of uh, Renaissance fairs. They were not a lot of them, um, mm. and uh, I remember uh, being fascinated with the uh, the sword play, and and that being a a spectator sport was just fascinating to me uh, that people would lo- would would gather around and watch two men battle each other with swords it was like that was that era's uh way of of <laughs> of having uh like boxing you know yes Yes, so yes. We did that nowadays. We boxed. In those days, they used swords. <laughs> so why did why why did you want to write this book? Well, this book was started just was going to be about a, 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 the freeing of the king from a demon, an exorcism, mm-hmm. and um, by the time I got to the point where I was ready to connect all the dots. Uh, I had multitudes of characters that uh, I had never intended to create, and and they were all speaking to me at the same time. And it was just building what started out as a a house and grew into an, an apartment complex. (laughs) well you've subtitled this book a tangential arthurian legend and so i you know i started thinking about that and and i was saying what what is my concept of an arthurian legend and it's more like chivalry and courtesy and lovers and songs and lovers hiding out and adventures taken just for the sake of going on an adventure but your book, this tangential aspect, goes off in a, a, a very different direction. Um, it does and I indeed. thought, yes. Um, I mean, I know it was part of the original Arthur's that um, Arthur uh, 
had a love relationship with his half-sister, which would have been incestuous, and she gave birth to her, her son or their son, Mordred, who set out to kill him. And that was, that was a subplot. And then we had um, Lancelot and Guinevere, who had their own tryst that was going on. Um, <laughs> so this is, this is not alien to the, to, the, to the legends, but yours is really tangential. Are these real characters in the legends, or are these ones that you made up? These are ones that I made up. Now, what actually okay. happens is that we um, come upon Arthur in his court, and he has a guest uh, who has traveled to him uh, from a small country called Tabithia, which is located in the toe of, of uh, Sweden. It was at one time two countries instead of one. Uh, Tabithia being the the lower uh, third of what is now modern day Sweden, and uh, this gentleman has traveled Europe in an attempt to figure out what his life was about, because in the court of Balazar the king of Tabithia, and his mother was a very unusual woman who had traveled to Tabithia to rid the country of what was at the time a very, very uh, savage um, ritual that was being performed monthly by the king. Uh, it was a, uh, a, a very... Uh, ugly uh, situation that he presented in front of his court every full moon. And it was a ritual that brought to the court a maiden, an unmarried girl, and uh, he would put questions to this girl that would at some point cause him to to uh, by decree, uh, sentence her to a uh, a a continued uh, attack by twelve knights. Um, she would be. Uh, I don't know how to put this cleanly. <laughs> well, it's it's not a pretty picture. Let's put it that way. This uh, that's is a, right. Yes. This is this is one of the more uncomfortable subjects. That you uh, know, my image of the twelve knights of the round table is 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 so pristine and so noble as they go off on their quests, and you know the. Uh, when when they sent out, um, Gilly, is it Gilead? Galliad? Galahad. Galahad. Thank you so much. You know he goes out in search of of honor and things like that. And this is about as far from that as you could you could possibly go. So he this is a horrific horrific scene going on with this king, and it isn't until this queen who 
who comes, who she will be queen. She isn't queen at the time, but she is able to fend off or um, break this ritual so That's that correct. it stops. And she is the only opens- person who is able to withstand the entire ritual, which is what the king mm-hmm. is attempting to do. Uh, he mm-hmm. is attempting, what he is attempting to do in his own ridiculous way is discover a woman who can uh, withstand his own sexual de- desires. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a man of, of intense appetites and of exceedingly large and gallant. Right. How did you get, how did that become an important feature? Because it's certainly not part of any of the Arthurian legends. It's, it's a part of, the, the entire thing is told to Arthur by this gentleman who comes to his court. And the, the, the aspect of, the, of Arthur is that he is being told this entire tale by this gentleman who comes to his court. And uh, he comes um, rather cloaked, if you'll, explain, if you'll uh, uh, understand my meaning. He is, he is the crown prince of Tabithia, but he does not reveal that information uh, to Arthur until well into the story that he comes to tell him. Um, it turns out that he is telling the story of Serenia, who turns out to be his adopted mother. She, she adopts him from the court of uh, Balazar once she has become Balazar's queen and sets him on the road to be uh, the crown prince and, and future king of Tabithia. And it is that entire situation that he is trying to explain to Arthur in the hope that Arthur is going to be able to tell him what it all means. Because Darian, who is the actual main character of the story, has no idea what it means. And he has mm. traveled across Europe speaking with crowns and and heads of state in an attempt to discover what the devil was going on because he doesn't know. Now tell me, what what we see is his telling of his life to King Arthur over the course of a day. It takes an entire day for him to tell the story. And as it turns out, Arthur can no more tell him what it means than any other state could across the entirety of Europe. And so Darian is able to ask him one final question, which he has not been able to ask anyone else across Europe, which is a, some, an aspect given to him by the lady in the lake. Uh, on his way to King Arthur's court, he passes by the lake, and the lady in the lake tells him that to tell Arthur his story, and if Arthur cannot help him, he must ask to speak to the mage. 
Now, Darian has absolutely no idea what this means, but when he tells the story, the question to Arthur, Arthur immediately realizes that it is Merlin that they should be mm-hmm. speaking with. Mm-hmm. And it is Merlin who is able to finally explain all of this to uh, Darian because Merlin has been in contact with his with Darian's now dead mother. Uh, and uh, she has told him the entire story. Uh, and, and So the uh, mystery is him, revealed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Merlin, uh, the, the aspects of what has gone on in Darian's life so that Merlin is able to explain to him what has gone on and why. So this is, this is a... Um is he then able to go back home and take on his position as the crown prince? Or uh, that is the uh, the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Darian is on his way home to assume the crown at the end of the tale, where Merlin and Arthur are discussing what has mm-hmm. gone on that day. Mm-hmm. So, so we see. Uh, Darian, as he is on his way back to Tabithia to take on what turns out to be a very long reign. In in that part of the world, yes. So what's been the reaction to your book so far? Uh, well, there have been some very uh, um, favorable reviews, and uh, we are in the process of expanding the uh, circulation so that uh, we are getting more and more readership. That always helps. <laughs> <laughs> Selling more books is a good thing. <laughs> more that, awareness that is, is that good. That is the idea, yes. <laughs> yes. So what would you love to have happen with your book right now? Uh, we are in the process of... Uh, of approaching a uh, what is referred to as a traditional publisher, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they are looking things over to see uh, if this is something that they would like to do. Mm-hmm. And I am also being uh, touted to individuals who are in the movie business uh, to see if this is something that they could put on the screen. Right. Did you did you actually go so far as to have a screenplay done yet, or is that you're waiting to see who's interested? Someone you do created that? a screenplay for me at the behest of my publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something that is very very different from the novel. They mm. complete the, the 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 person who wrote the screenplay. Completely eliminated Arthur. Arthur has absolutely nothing to do with the with the screenplay. Oh my! Um, okay. And, and uh, we we view the tale that this in, that Darian is to tell Arthur in my book uh, without referring to Arthur whatsoever. So it's rather a different creature than than mm. my book. Are you happy with that? 
No. <laughs> no. Okay. Not well, that's, I mean, that's that's real. I mean, I think one of the most tricky things that we do when we you know when we offer a screenplay, you know, a screenwriter, our 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 children, as we say about a book like that, is that you know they they may go off in a totally different direction. It doesn't work, and we don't want to put it out that way. It's just not not what we want to do. Um, did he ever explain why? Uh, no, uh, I have I have not had any further contact uh, with mm-hmm. the writer. Um, mm-hmm. He changes more aspects of the novel than I am willing to allow. Right. Uh, and in fact, he 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 decides that a crucial part of the book, wherein. Um, the priest of the court is uh, he 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 uh, gives his life in service to the king, and the screenwriter decided that he wasn't going to do that. He was going to have the individual who gives up his life in service to the king be an entirely different individual, and that was just oh, wow. a part of now, the aspect. Has- this doesn't sound like this is the screenplay you're going to want to use. No. <laughs> no. I mean, that's no, just, screenplay... it may not even be the screenwriter you want to use at this point. You know, it may just, there just may be a, a difference in. Uh, it, it may simply be that philosophy. we're going to have to create yep. a second screenplay. Yep. Yep. It's not unusual. Happens all the time. You know, it's very, it's one of the more frustrating things that if you're not in constant communication with the writer that they would go off and you know do this on their own it's really quite interesting um it would be good to hear what his philosophy was why he did that but interesting well he 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 decided that he wanted to take the this this rather interesting character who comes in in the in the final chapters of the book um Mm -hmm. and uh and seems to have uh properties of his own that are of of the uh, the larger uh, he doesn't seem to have the same limitations on him that other human beings do. Ah. He has he has uh, abilities of his own that the rest of us are not equipped with. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, he decides the screenwriter decided that that was the individual he was going to kill off. Rather than the priest, who it is, in my considered opinion, it is necessary that the priest give his life in service to his king, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. some other individual who just sort of walks into to the situation right, at right. the end of the book. There's sort of a Fisher King aspect to that, you know, when the, yes, when, <laughs> you know, the 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 spiritual leader of the of the kingdom uh, is willing to lay down his life for the king. I, I, I can understand where you would feel that way. So are you going to keep writing at this point? I have uh, a second uh, uh, book uh, in the works which sort of goes in and takes these same uh, events and fills mm-hmm. in the the uh, gaps surrounding them. 
so that it's it takes place sort of at the same time that The novel does, but Mm -hmm. takes on different aspects and uh, tells the same story from different viewpoints. Oh, interesting! Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, so are you into it already, or are you still? Oh yes, Uh, you are. I've got I've got a couple of chapters under my belt uh, so far. Already, that's great. That's great. Now, where would people find the book um, in bookstores? I mean, what what category? Um, is it, is this, this, is, this is uh, it is definitely fiction. It is it is uh, grouped under the heading of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, so that, uh, that's where that would be. Okay. With, that's a this very. Allows, this allows us to have all of the magical aspects of of the uh, Arthurian legend involved. Right. Okay. So where are your books available now? Online? Well, they are available online. There is a a, um, website, which is alanrhall.com, where people may go and purchase the book there. Um, Mm -hmm. There are two different editions of the book. The original, which is published by Ex Libris Books. And then there is the the second edition, which is by Lectra Press. And this is the one that that, um, is more told from Serenia's viewpoint than from Daria. Okay. So that you have made a shift there in the in the two editions. Very interesting. Right. So if if readers go to your website, which is the alanrhall.com, uh is there anything else on there except uh the book itself? Um there are a couple of interviews that are available that will tell them mm-hmm. a little more about the story. And mm-hmm. um the both editions of the book are available from that point. Um, mm-hmm. Also, if they are more interested in going in through through the uh, the other world of books, they can go in through Barnes and Noble, or mm-hmm. they can go in through Ingram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the okay. book is available from both of those sources. Oh, wonderful! The Barnes and Noble is uh, they just go into the the. Either go online or they go into the store and go to the counter and ask to order a book. Right. Right. Okay. And it's available in either for, from either source. Okay. Is it available in different formats? Uh, yes, there is a a book an ebook edition. There is mm-hmm. a paperback. There is a hardback. Uh, that there is a hardback only in the original edition from Ex Libris. There the there was. An original uh, agreement between author and press to have both a hardback and a paperback from Letra Press, but the hardback has yet to be published. So, okay, okay. Now, do you have? Did you explore the idea of doing an audio book as well? Uh, there is, as I understand it, an audio book available. Okay. I have not. Uh, examined it myself. So, okay. 
and you were not part of the process of choosing who was going to be reading. Oh book. no, when that that's no. that's okay. seldom that the author's a prerogative. <laughs> When one one sets out to to create an audio book, unless you're going to be reading it yourself, you very seldom have the opportunity to choose who it's going to be. It's interesting because I've I've also heard authors who have had that, you know, they've had the opportunity to listen to a multitude of actors read the parts so they find the voice that they like for the character but that's i imagine that's the publisher's priority to figure out which way works best for them so interesting all right well alan i really thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today and talk about this arthurian uh legend in a tangential state yeah i appreciate Um, your your setting up this, this interview for me it's my pleasure Um, I also want to thank our listeners as well. We've been talking with Alan Hall about his book, The Naked Queen, A Tangential Arthurian Legend. So thanks again, Alan. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you. And that is a wrap for us today. Um, Bye for now and have a great day. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverruins.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, Sharing the Journeys of Those Affected by Sudden and Great Loss and What They Did to Heal, Rebuild, and Where They Are Now. 